my name's Stephen Mallinder. I've got a number of roles in a number of positions. Historically, I'm a musician and an artist and a producer, um, probably most well, well known historically for being in, uh, in Cabaret Voltaire, which we formed in the sort of early 70s, about 73. And that was my life for 20 odd years, uh, 23, 24 years. I've worked as an, art, as an artist under other names, Wrangler, Creepshow, Cooling Brothers, all kinds of things. And I still continue to make and produce music and work in all those kind of areas. But also, I'm a, a sort of academic, a, fa a fake academic. Uh, I'm a doctor and I teach on, on mainly on the digital music and sound arts programme in Brighton at Brighton University, which is very much like a sculpture course, but for sound. And I also, I'm actually interested in Luff as we're doing this. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm just doing teaching, teaching and workshops on our MA graphics course down in Brighton. So I work across, across, across the board down here and I um, have many dealings with uh, all our graphics people and illustration people. Chris Big being one of them from 23 Envelope, who I work with down here in Brighton. So um, there's, you know, it's a kind of, it's a, it's a nice cohort and I'm kind of, based on the sound sound area so that's my background and that's what I am I know the first question I'm supposed to answer is what piece of work or what piece of I guess creative work visually was triggered me or triggered my inspiration and I thought quite a bit about this and realized really that I mean the truth be told that of all my interests in art the thing that really got people of my generation into that is obviously artwork for, for albums and, and records and record sleeves and that you know record shops in those days were kind of like art galleries to me when I was very young and I grew up in a I grew up in a household um, which was quite musical but more in the sense that um, my dad before he passed away when I was very very young was a violinist but also um, play violin rather than not a violinist he, would, he, he went for the co-op actually but he played violin as well as it happened but my sisters were the main thing and they were older than me and I grew up from like really young being um I suppose surrounded by in the early days my elder sister it was like Adam Faith and all that I was very very young but my 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 middle sister um was a massive Beatles fan and saw the Beatles and Stones and so from the age of being, you know, eight, nine, ten years old, I was surrounded by that. And when I was starting to think about artwork, and it's like, well, which record sleeve did 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 sort of trigger it? And funnily enough, um, it was the Beatles, Rubber Soul. And I think the more I thought about it, the more I realised that, that I would have been about nine, ten years old when I saw that. And I think it was the point in my life when one, I was kind of growing up from being very, very young into starting to be aware of the world, but also that shift from being a pre-war austerity child into being a child of the, you know, of the potential and, and the sort of progression of the 60s. And I think Rubber Soul, like, even though I thought about other sleeves, Rubber Soul was the one where you go, this was when the 60s kind of started more than anything else. Prior to that, record sleeves, you know, even the Beatles record sleeves, were very much like, I suppose, like posters more than anything else. They were very traditional. But all of a sudden, we got this kind of, you know, very 60s writing, very Mary Quant and all that. And I think that was something that, that, that sleeve was, was one that sparked me into it and being awareness of visual art very much. 
uh, and I, you know, and that carried on. I mean, particularly my interest in in record sleeves, and I, I, I did love all that. I mean, a little bit like I loved all I loved all the kind of the fifties jazz sleeves, you know, Art Blakey and the messages and all the stuff he did on Bethlehem Records and all those really visual graphic sort of things. So that that was kind of that that area of I suppose of graphic and graphic design and, and the power of the image and the power of the word and letters in that, which were really significant. But, you know, we're, I grew up, you know, going into art. I was a massive, you know, I love painting. I did art. I sadly didn't go to art college. Um, loads of, I probably told people this before anyway, because it was, I wanted to go to art college and I went and spent the day at art college when I was like 16 years old, but I went to a Catholic school and my, my, um, my careers tutor was Brother Serenus and he came out with the classic line when I said I want to go to art college and it was brilliant because it was like wow I really want to go now because he went you can't go to art college because it's full of homosexuals and drug addicts and I thought well that sounds all right to me you know so you know certain aspects of it anyway but I and I didn't but I'd always had that hankering and I you know we grew up Richard and myself would you know when we were kind of recalcitrant kind of teenagers spent a lot of time in the art gallery because it's one of the places you could go and hang out particularly mapping art gallery in Sheffield so I grew up and pop art was a big thing Richard Hamilton and, and that kind of work so I grew up around that so that was my trigger and my, I suppose my my interest in it and then the idea of pop art drew me into collage when I was kind of younger so you know the work of Schwitters and John Hartfield, and then obviously later how that was morphed into new artists like Linda stuff she did with John Savage. So that was kind of that's like a little potted history into that. And I always did art and still do stuff, and you know even badly designed my own record sleeve. So that that's my that's my story of kind of in a in a kind of in a little nutshell of going through my visual world, I guess. But, but also film, I was massively into film, experimental film. And do you know what the thing that struck me um, was the title sequence to Return of the Pink Panther is one of the best design graphic things ever, you know, with the Henry Mancini music. So there's a bit of, there's a bit of kind of like that childlikeness in, in my approach to the visual stuff as well. And I, I think I've always retained that as well as the kind of more experimental stuff as well. So that... That's a little bit of an idea of where it all started. I hope that made sense to people. The second question being, what am I up to now? Um, oh, shit, where do I start? I, I mean, I, I don't really, to be quite honest, I get very confused because, well, part because I'm getting older, but also I get up in the morning and I'm not quite sure I, who I am or what I'm doing because it's always an amalgam of loads of different things because I... I only I only work part time, you know, teaching and, and being an, an academic or whatever you want to call it. So that's part of my that's part of my time. The other part is still doing music. So at this moment in time, I've just finished. We're we're completing the MA program on sound art. So I've been doing that. Um, I'm working on that side of things at this moment in time. Finishing off some MA graphic stuff, doing all our exam stuff. So that's partly that. Uh, but in my own world. Um, I'm halfway through uh, one of my own records, a Stephen Malander record. Um, so it's about 70% done. Working on a new Wrangler record. Um, the guys have done some sketches, which I've got to work on. And in about, oh, about two months' time, I'm back in the studio with John Grant and we're doing the follow-up Creepshow album. So I'm back doing that. So that, and also I'm 
I'm kind of doing an album with Pop Levi for a low recording. So I'm doing all these kind of things in the studio. Live work is sort of non-existent at the moment, particularly for me, because, well, not many people want me to play, so it's all right. But um, I'm not doing too many things. So, well, lots of studio work, lots of stuff working at home in my studio, but also working in the studio, Mima Tunes, where I do lots of stuff with doing the creep show, et cetera, and doing my own stuff. So there's that side. And also working on a book, which... I started off working on a book and I proposed, the book idea was completely ill-formed and I've been talking to publishers and I even got a literary agent who after one meeting ran away. So I obviously think I'm fucking mental, but um, I'm kind of more, it's very much a collage book, a montage book, because I want to work with the idea of montage. So um, I want to write about stuff in a very fragmented cut up sort of way. So partly biographical, partly autobiographical, but also, more about reflections on the you know times and spaces and things that I and other people have lived in so I'm going to carry on with that book idea which is also becoming part of an exhibition and all that so that's a whole mad project that's going to take um, <laughs> a couple of years to sort out but I'm working on that but it's all based around taking it back to the idea of dada and the idea of cut up and the idea of montage an idea based around the on that montage concept which i'm working with some a couple of artists down here on so I'm, those are the things that i'm doing at the moment that i can remember but i'll come back to you i'll call you back in a week's time ago actually yeah, i forgot to tell you so but so they're all bits and bobs but that's yeah i have to do that now it's a you know navigating life as, as you know with the history I've got but also making sure you can sort of survive means you have to do loads of things I wish I could say I was one of those people who was kind of very rich and adults but I don't so I uh, you know you work till you drop and I don't mind that it's kind of fun so I'm always doing lots of different things and I know the final question is what would I advise creative students and well it's what I do advise them it's not would I what would I it's what I do and that is fuck about you know, that's what, uh, in, a, in a very kind of like stripped back way, but play, the, the idea is, I always want people to play. I think this, we don't understand creativity, but part of it obviously is the ideas and the concepts and the things you want to get out. But the other part of it is the process. And that process really should be about play. And, and I think we don't, we don't stress the importance of playing enough to, to, to all of us, but particularly to younger children and to people who want to be creative. You can only do that by messing up and getting things wrong and playing and just trying things and doing, putting things together in a different way, trying different ways of doing things and don't be frightened because failure is the biggest part of success, you know. I think it's so important if people are so frightened of failure because there's so much pressure on them nowadays to do different things that we forget to just loosen the shackles and that's how things happen that's how things change that's how we progress it's by avoiding and and sort of bending rules that we can we can actually move forward it's not by adhering to rules that are already set we need to throw those out and so if i can advise anyone to do anything if they're being creative is to play and enjoy it and have fun in doing it and then you can apply that into the ways in which you want and the concepts and that but there's got to be an element of, of enjoyment in it because that's part of what you're doing otherwise you shouldn't be doing it 